welcome to the Louis Bellina Show Thursday. Louis Bellina Show presented by B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Service. Let me lay it out for you. This is how we're going to roll between now and 2 o'clock. At 11.35, a listen-in, Layden Robinson from Aggie Football Fall Camp Media Day. In the 12 o'clock lunch hour, Jimbo Fisher, a listen-in from Aggie Football Fall Camp Media Day. At 1 o'clock, Rusty Burson, author, Rusty Burson, Aggie athletic historian, will join me here inside the Charles Schwab studio. We go maroon and white. Today, I'm giving away a $50 gift card to Cooper's Old Time Pit Barbecue. I'm actually giving away a couple of those bad boys. So if you love pork chops, and at Cooper's Old Time Pit Barbecue, they got the best pork chops in town. And maybe you're like pork chop, smork chop. I want brisket, I want ribs, I want sausage, I want a beef rib. That's fine. It's your gift card. Do what you want. I'm, I'm not holding you back. So listen in to win. If you'd like a $50 gift card to Cooper's Old Time Pit Barbecue, there's a lot going on here on the Thursday edition of the Louis Bellina Show. At any time today, you have a question, comment, or opinion for me or maybe Rusty, you can text me, 979-693-1150, 979-693-1150. Questions, comments, opinions, and yes, about anything, because on the Louis Bellina Show, anything's fair game, 979-693-1150, hit send, and I see all your text messages inside the Texas Mobile One Lube Express inbox. Texas Mobile One Lube Express, owned by Gabriel Garcia, text now. want to start our day. I do want to call it the College Football Notebook, but it's really Super Conference Realignment Notebook. Tonight, the Arizona Board of Regents have a meeting scheduled. The way this whole week has went, on Monday... The Arizona Board of Regents scheduled a meeting for Tuesday. On Tuesday, the Pac-12 president met with the Pac-12 chancellors and AD. Oh, Pac-12 chancellors and presidents met with the Pac-12 commissioner. He presented them with the Apple plan, where that would be their, I don't know, TV plan. That would be their broadcast plan. I'll share a detail with you I found out yesterday. When we original got the Apple plan when we originally heard about it the one thing i didn't get originally was the money detail we knew it was for very little money early then if subscription goals are met it could and that was the funny part not will but could equal like big 12 and acc money what i read if the information is correct that apple plan We'll start at $20 million a year. The Big 12 is like at 31. The ACC is at 38. Yes, it's about... And remember how the Pac-12 schools were waiting to hear numbers, waiting to hear the deal before making their decisions. And the deal was supposed to be competitive with at least the Big 12 The Pac-12 schools that are left, the nine of them, 
They don't want to break up. They want to be a West Coast Conference. They do want to play each other. They want to be regional. They are single-minded. But money, reality. And they just wanted, and it, it could have been close enough. But a 20 mil deal that you have to meet goals to make more money, not guaranteed escalators. So a 20 mil deal that might never equal, ooh, Big 12 money. Or you can go to the Big 12 and start at that level and about to get paid more for the expansion with the potential of what they're doing to raise their brand. Which is the road that you wish to travel? So... The Arizona Board of Regents met Monday, scheduled Tuesday, heard the Pac-12 Apple plan, met Tuesday night to set this meeting for Thursday. Something you should know, I thought I didn't know this myself until this week, the Arizona Board of Regents, it's not Arizona University. The Arizona Board of Regents are the Board of Regents for both Arizona and Arizona State. You could see tonight the Big 12 add two more schools. That would take the Pac-12 down to seven. That, plus this headline, report, Big 10 presidents begin exploratory discussions on further expansion amid Pac-12 concerns. It's not really as in-depth or fancy as it sounds. The Big 10's plan B is in jeopardy. The Pac-12 is imploding in front of the world. The Big Ten's plan B is to take Oregon and Washington minimum. And then maybe two two more, depending. Does the Big Ten want to go 18? Do they want to go 20? Can they piss off UCLA by adding more Pac-12s? Plan A is Notre Dame for the Big Ten. Plan B is two, no more than four. Two or four, they haven't decided. Do they want to be 18-team conference, the first to 20? But Pac-12 schools are getting gobbled up. Things are happening now, not on the Big Ten timeline. So while explosions are going off all around college football, the Big Ten has started further additions to its, you know, further discussion, further study, further analysis. The Yahoo Sports report, They first reported it, said no further additions are imminent, but remember something. Things move fast in super conference realignment. New data points come in and everything changes twice a day. But the Big Ten, it's a fact, has started to study the Pac-12. Because that's their plan B and it's going up in smoke. Something to think about. The SEC... Do they do a preemptive strike like they did when they took Texas OU? Do they move first? I don't know. But this is getting quickly serious for everyone involved. Because the Pac-12, from the start, it looked like they were the first to die. Then it looked like the ACC. But now the Pac-12, especially if tonight Arizona, Arizona State goes Big 12. Then, will the Big 12 take a fourth? From the Pac-12, or do they add UConn to finish? Something you have to understand about Brett Yormack. He knows there were not many football schools he could add to add football value. And he's he wants to be the premier and elite basketball league. 
to have something the Big 12 can call number one, something to hang their hat on, some stretch of the year that they'll be the spotlight of college athletics. He and that's why he has the whole basketball initiative in New York in the summer and more. There's more involved. So for him, you're like UConn, UConn. Why UConn? UConn basketball, Arizona basketball, and you look at the other schools. It, they were the elite premier. Texas OU leaving knocks on them. Arizona UConn moves them further than they were before. And I think, yes, the number one basketball conference. The Louis Bolina Show, presented by BNB Automotive and Superior Auto Service on a Thursday. Here is more details to help you out. Okay? I mentioned they had to get to 30, 35 mil to keep the Pac-12 intact. And they offered up a start at 20, and if we meet goals, we get more, you know. And we don't even know if the goals are realistic. But if we work hard, we might get more money model. In the future, the way this is going to work, the ACC, which we know they're not happy, got 39 mil last year and they're not getting raises. So they're a 40 mil payout. The Big 12 is expected to be about 32 mil. Starting with the new deals next year, the Big 10 gets $1 billion a year on a seven-year deal. The SEC is going to get $3 billion starting in 2024, a year, in a 10-year deal. That's the reality. And the Pac-12 knew they couldn't sniff. Big 10 SEC never wanted it. They just wanted to be their own conference. It's Florida State who realizes yesterday there was a board of trustees meeting for Florida State. The university president, Richard McCullough, made it clear Florida State is frustrated. Quote, an existential crisis in many ways for Florida State University. He said, quote, will at some point consider leaving the ACC. Trustee Drew Weatherford for Florida State, quote, it's not a matter of if we leave, but how and when we leave. According to McCullough, the university president again for Florida State, he believes that the gap between the ACC and, you know, the schools that matter will be $30 million per school per year. And that's unconscionable. That's not compatible, competable. The, it doesn't work. At $30 mil, I actually think it's more, but I hope he would know more than me. But I actually think it's more. It's bad. Again, when you look at the gap, the Big Ten and SEC are in rarefied air. And that one bill a year for the Big Ten, if I remember the deal announcement correctly, is not accurate. They have to expand to get to one bill that currently at 800. You do realize how much further and just out there the SEC is than everyone else in the world, right? When you hear these numbers. Because the SEC should be 90 mil. The Big Ten will be 70 to 80 mil unless they expand. The Big 12, well, the ACC should be 40, 45, and the Big 12 in the mid-30s. And the Pac-12 just brought a 20 mil a year deal. Sorry, you lose. Something to think about in this. Two things that struck me. Clemson. Florida State and Clemson, when reports come out, seem to be attached to the hip. 
But you ever notice you don't hear Clemson says, Clemson board, Clemson president, Clemson, Clemson. You don't. They're in this beautiful position. They get to be the good guy. They don't have any dirt or mud upon them. Florida State is the one who rattles the Sabres. Florida State is the one who has the, what was it, the trustee. It's not a matter of if, but when and how. And Clemson just sits there because everything with Florida State is Clemson. I would not be surprised if Florida State and Clemson are a package plan. Remember something. Oklahoma and Texas negotiated with the SEC together. It wasn't two separate deals that happened to be at the same time. They leveraged each other for value to come into the SEC. I'm sure Florida State and Clemson are together to get their plan in motion. But Clemson has to do nothing because Florida State's loud enough for all of them. The other thing that struck me, if you're Florida State and Clemson again, you're empowered, you're emboldened. The reality is they watched Oklahoma and Texas do it. They watched USC and UCLA do it. And they know they have to do it. The other schools who you believe that you're a member of that Blue blood, legacy, top 10 in the country, society. Oklahoma, Texas, USC, and UCLA. That's part of getting left behind. Those four schools got invited to the adults table. And you're Florida State and Clemson, and you know that's who you're competing with. And in a 12-team playoff, you do not have to be in the Big Ten and the SEC to get into a 12-team playoff. To start, six champs. Six champs. The Pac-12 is about to fold, and they have an automatic bid into the college football playoff. And then six at-larges. Now, I do believe, let's say the Pac-12 surprise shocks us all, and we do have six champs and, you know, six at-larges. Long-term... I think with each passing year, we'll move towards the model that of the 12, seven will be from two conferences. And yes, they're called the Big Ten and the SEC. In the, in the second round, the first college football playoff adjustment, they will drop that champion label in a heartbeat. I believe the Big Ten and the SEC will ask for unequal revenue sharing since those two leagues will dominate all of the ratings, the numbers, the championships. It's it's kind of like what Oklahoma tried to do in, te- in Texas. They did do. They got unequal revenue sharing in the Big 12, telling the other schools, we're the only reason this league's alive. Big 10 and SEC are going to go, we drive the college football playoff ratings. We put seven of the 12 teams in for unequal revenue. That's the future of all of this. Because you can see the seeds being planted now. I mean, the Pac-12 is going to be on Apple by subscription only, not even free Apple, right? I'm going to tell you, you can't convince me that Sankey does not have either himself in a study or his battle warrior team in place. Remember, the SEC did it first when they got Texas and OU. Who says that we don't, (laughs) five minutes from now, 
another breaking report, and it's the SEC added X and Y and Z. If you think you know, you don't know, and everything you hear ends up being wrong. Oh, that's not 100% true, but it's not very wrong either when it comes to Super Conference 311. Let's grab our first time out of the day. Text messages, send them to me at 979-693-1150. 979-693-1150. You can light up the Texas Mobile and Loop Express inbox. I'll be right back. We're just getting started. We still got to talk Astros, Rangers. I do have a college football notebook, not just Super Conference realignment. And one of my favorite things in the world dropped this morning, and it's the 1 to 133 from CBS Sports. This is the Louis Bellina Show, and I am in the Charles Schwab studio. It is the Louis Bellina Show presented by B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Service. Some text messages have rolled in. We'll jump inside the Texas Mobile and Loop Express inbox in a minute. Don't forget, Layden Robinson, 11.35. Jimbo Fisher, 12.35. Rusty Burson, Aggie athletic historian, Rusty Burson author, will join me here inside the Charles Schwab studio at 1 o'clock. Plus, you're listening your chance to win a $50 gift card to Cooper's Old Time Pit Barbecue. They are the home of the big chop. Listen in. There's a lot going on between now and 2 o'clock. David and Franklin. Hi, Louie. But wouldn't TV media prefer teams from each conference in the playoffs, which would attract more viewers from all over the country, or at least colleges from several different regions in our country? No. If you've ever looked at TV and sports, they want New York and L.A. They want major TV markets. Now, that's not as true. I know. Are you arguing with yourself, Lou? No, no, no. There are established brands. If college football could have its way and you're like, wait, regions all over the country. No, the numbers in college football, take a look at the top 10 games in the regular season, top 10 games network, top 10 games cable, and the rest of the, the country is not represented. It's, it's all things SEC and in the top 10, probably four from the Big Ten. It's not really ACC unless they happen to clash with one of those two. It's not. It's definitely not the Pac-12. It's it's not what the college football people want when you see TV media bigger, larger. In the old college football four team, old. It's this last year here. It's still here. The problem has been they've made some stupid decisions about playing New Year's Eve at 8 o'clock at night. They've been trying to stick with this, let's play the, the randomness and the horrible choices of, okay, we're going to play on a Wednesday at 5. I mean, they just don't use their brains. They're so stuck with... They should have treated the college football playoff as the most valuable property in all of college sports, which it is. And done whatever it took to spotlight and highlight it. Because if you had to play the semifinals, you know, the round of four, on January 4th, to make sure that it was a Saturday with games at noon and four. No, Lou, I want them in prime time. Fine. Friday at seven and Saturday at seven. But no, you know, well, New Year's Eve, that's a Thursday, and we're going to play the first game at 4 o'clock on a Thursday on New Year's Eve. Hey, what's wrong with our ratings? Somebody slapped somebody in that story. They don't want different regions. 
people on the West Coast minus the Los Angeles market, and even then, they got to be real good to cut through the noise in L.A. for someone to care about USC, UCLA. Winning always gets attention in the L.A. market. But do you think that if Stanford's going for the, you know, the national title, that that's going to pop viewership and ratings if Stanford's in contention? What, the massive Stanford alumni base? No. So no, TV doesn't prefer. If TV preferred, I'm going to be honest with you. The Pac-12 would already have their TV deal. I want you to remember something. The Big 12 was going to fold. The Big 12 was done. A&M left. Nebraska left. Everything was in jeopardy. Do you remember TV made the emergency deal to keep the Big 12 alive? They paid them to stay together. That's when you can go TV, media, not media. No one can, Look, whatever media prefers is the last thing in the world. It has no voice or value. It's just discussionary. And what the fans want has no value. It's all about TV. The Big 12 had value because, again, when the Big 12 was going to fold after everybody jumped ship, TV came together and paid to keep the league together. Do you see TV going, you can't lose the Pac-9? That's left, or if you expand by three, we'll keep, you know, they're not stepping up to go, no, we can't afford to lose the West Coast TV for football. They're, you know what they're thinking? We got the LA market now, and it's paired with the Big Ten teams that do great ratings. We don't need Cal, and we don't need Stanford, and we don't need Oregon State. Because you know what? There's probably not that big of a college football chunk to be had, and that covers 90%, and that's enough for your investment at this point. So no, I don't think TV, and you say TV media, media, we're, we're just opinions. TV, that's the facts. It doesn't matter half the time what presidents, chancellors, and ADs want. It is TV. They pay for it. Roy May texted me. Roy May, first off, what's up, brother? Hope you're doing well, man. He said, here are my ads to the SEC. Oak State, FSU, NC State, and Tulane. You keep Bedlam, flip UNC the bird, Get the Knowles, adding an original member to Lane. They are one of the original members. It makes no sense, but if it annoys LSU, <laughs> have a great day. You know what I want to say? That's brilliant. Anything that annoys LSU gets a vote. Now, Roy May, I know you threw that in there kind of, you know, having fun and all. I have pointed out that Tulane could be one of the greatest gets like, why does the Big 12 not have Tulane? It has nothing to do with Tulane athletics, even though Tulane has snuck up in baseball before. Tulane has snuck up in football once every 20 years. I have said that realignment, addition, subtraction, so forth, it actually has nothing to do with wins and losses and even the quality of the athletic programs. It's about markets. Louisiana is one of the most fertile recruiting grounds in the country. And if I'm the Big 12, I would love to have a castle, a fort in the state of Louisiana. No, no, no. New Orleans. The center. The base. The capital of the state of Louisiana. And the Big 12, that's been one of the oddest things. About, okay, I'm doing the broken record thing when I go there. They added TCU in Houston who added zero value to the league. They didn't add unexplored markets. They didn't expand recruiting. They didn't pop value in TV. 
You add Tulane, you put a fort in a talent-rich adjacent state, you add TV markets. If they would have added Memphis, they would have added, added something towards the right. Again, working towards talent states, media-type centers, and they would have added some more markets. But they had TCU and Houston. The biggest problem of why these really horrible decisions were made because Texas ran the league. So most of it makes no sense, because why would it make sense? Because sense was never the factor or the prime decision had anything to do with why they made moves. You remember the Big 12 was going to expand. They said no. Second time they were going to expand, it was done. And I remember that Friday, they had scheduled the announcement of the schools they were going to add. And then on that Friday, they announced, no, we're not going to do it. I mean... That's how bad, dumb the history, give me a break already with all of it in the Big 12 goes. And then they do, and it's TCU and Houston. Again, I'm not talking sexy. Is Tulane and Memphis sexy? No, but you look at the markets. You look at getting outside of your footprint. I'm moving on, I promise you. Have you ever stopped and realized how A&M and how AM has been at a for a long time now. Part of the history of the what we're seeing today did not start today, as far as wow, we're kind of getting down to a super two. And then two more, you know, two, two, and the rest. That's what we have in college athletics. It's gonna be two, two, and everybody else. But this all started a long time ago. And think about Texas A&M. Southwest Conference, it died. A&M used to be a part of a conference that had no juice, no interest. It used to be a part of an earlier version of the Pac-12. Too damn regionalized. Hey, what the Big 12 tried to do? Reunite SWC? Never mind. Anyway, then went to the Big 12. The merging of two conferences that were losing it and then A&M jumped to the SEC so A&M has been a part of this story of the shrinking of college football A&M think about this too by the way has always been wanted A&M has always where they jumped to the Big 12 Baylor wasn't wanted Texas Tech wasn't wanted they were forced in it was A&M in Texas. When A&M went to the SEC, they had a standalone. No other school had to come with them. Just you. You say yes. You're in. It ain't even a negotiation. But A&M's been a part of the wave of the constant restructuring of college football from SWC to Big 12 to SEC. And A&M's been one of the valued Parts of that storyline, too. Something to think about. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll do a listen in. Layden Robinson from Aggie Football Media Day. This is the Louis Bellina Show from inside. I got a flat screen TV. We got the zone logo painted on the walls. Dallas Stars, Texas Rangers, and Houston Astros signs are up here, too. That, that's a little description of what you could see inside the Charles Schwab Studio. I've never played Guitar Hero, 
But like everybody I've ever watched play Guitar Hero, whether it's at someone's house or the stand-up game, Bulls on Parade seemed to be one of those songs that everybody rocked on Guitar Hero. Oh yeah. It is the Louis Bellina Show presented by B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Service. Time now, listen in. Yesterday was Aggie Football Fall Camp Media Day. Layden Robinson sat down with the media. Let's listen in. Hey, Layden, how you been, man? I've been good. I've been good. Good. Uh, that's not my question. Um, <laughs> although I'm happy you're doing well. Just you mentioned last year you didn't you didn't live up to your standard. What did you work on this offseason for you specifically to get you back to where you wanted to be? You know, I just uh, made sure I worked on myself uh, mentally, worked on myself physically. Um, I got down in weight, you know, because I realized in the springtime when I cut weight, I actually felt really good, and it was the best spring that I had, according to the coaches, and just talking to them, I moved better. I felt better, and I just felt the movement in my body. You know, I got to this point to where, yeah, this is my body. Like, I figured out myself, and I figured out what I play best at. So it was it was just – that was just a wake-up call for me. So this summer, I've just been working on my hand speed, make sure I move my feet on the inside move. I've just been putting myself in situations that I struggled with last year so that I won't struggle with them this year. Follow up to that, a lot of the players have told us over the last few weeks that there's been a different focus, a different attention to detail. Can you kind of give us your perspective of what you've seen? My perspective is we got woke up last season. That's that's all it is to it. The people here that experience that know how that feels, and it was a wake-up call. So we took that into the summer, and the way we finished, we took that in and just see how we could do uh, when we put the things right, when we do the little things right, how we supposed to do it, how we supposed to do our job every day. And we just took that into the summer. And I mean, you know, some days, uh, you know, you get off focus, but then that's up to the leadership. And I, I believe we did a great job at that to get everybody else right back on track. And hey, say, this is our goal. This is what we uh, strive to do, and we got to achieve it by doing this. We'll stay on the second row to Olin and then go back behind the lights. Yeah, Layton, uh, second year with Coach Adazio, you were around before. Uh, I don't know if I can't remember if you were around 219, but I know you were in 2020 when you were, uh, the offensive line played so well in the second year under uh, uh, Coach. Uh, I've already forgotten his name. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, do you see any? Or do you expect there to be any parallels like that with uh, making a as an offensive line making? I mean, how much difference does it make when you have a uh, when you're behind the coach or with the coach for the second year? You know, it's always big going into the second season because you know your coach and you know what your coach expects from you, and you adjust to his play style, you adjust to his system. So it's always good, especially going through the spring with him. Um, if you ask him, we made tremendous strides. I mean, um, this is the best that we've looked with him, and he's and he's very excited with us right now. But he's not satisfied. We still got a lot of more work we need to do, but it's going to come all come together in the second season. And that's the best part about it. I'm excited about it. He's excited about it. Our old line room, we're excited. Body and just to get better every day. We'll go back behind the lights on the right side. Layton, can you talk a little bit about opening practice, the level of excitement you guys have? Uh, you kind of mentioned the fact that you got woke up, but just being able to put that finally in the past and say, you know what, this is 2023? Um, it's, it's amazing. To be honest, we've been having that same energy towards each other in summer workouts. 
I mean, that competitive nature that we had have always been there. And as um, soon as we got closer and closer to this practice, now the day is here, you know, uh, we've been talking back and forth with each other. It just, it just brought the best out of us, you know. Um, it's just this summer just really changed a lot because you've seen how how people are when they uh when they take stuff serious and when they really want something, um and it's that's just gonna turn over today because everybody's antsy, everybody wants to get out there and show the coaching staff what they can do and just to show the team and earn the respect of our players and also the coaches. So this is just, is just gonna be a great start off and I'm excited for it. We'll stay back behind the lights and go to the left side. Layden. Obviously, the loss of Devon kind of leaves a, leaves that gap in the offense. But you guys return a lot of talent and bring in some new talent too. What kind of pride are you guys taking as an offensive line group for that rushing attack and just the offense in general? Uh, you know, we take a lot of pride in uh, our rushing attack always because um, our job is to make sure that they have success and their success is our success. So we take that job very seriously, and we're not changing what we do. Not uh, run. Run, get vertical, not back off the ball, um, and we just our job is just to open up the gaps for them so they can run through and do their job. We'll go front row on the right. Start with Cole and move our way down. Layton, good to see you. How was your summer? Oh uh, man, my summer was great. I've been blessed. Did you do anything fun? Uh, uh just train. That's that's what was fun to me. You guys have, I think if, I'm, if I counted correctly, seven players with starting reps on the offensive line returning mm -hmm. this year. So it's a much more nuanced veteran group. How do yeah. you feel about the overall maturation? But also for a guy like Chase, who came in during the spring, was able to get multiple reps. Oh man, I'm I'm excited. For, I'm excited for Chase, especially uh, Mason Talent. I can't wait to see him develop into the person that he's going to become as a player and as a man. It's going to be awesome. And um. And just the offensive line, us just taking those reps last season is just building the competition better for this season because we know what we're doing. And, you know, uh, guys are not so young anymore. You know, they experienced it. They played. They uh, got that uh, feeling out of their system. Um, and they know what's expected of them. And they know how to how to win and how to play. So it's, that's just going to bring the best out of our group in general as, a, as overall. And then McKinley said at SEC Media Days that the only offense he doesn't feel bad for, uh, I mean, the only defense he doesn't feel bad for is his own because of Bobby's offense that he gets to go against against you guys. Do you feel the same way about the way that your defensive line is produced? Oh, of course. I feel the exact same way about them. I always tell people this is the best defensive line we're going to go against all year because we know each other like the back of our hand. Um, we know what moves work on each other. We're going to go at each other every single day. Like that's starting the day, you know. What I mean by we was talking, we was talking to them. They was talking to us. We going back and forth, you know. So uh, I feel like it's just going to be a great competitive day. And um, they always going to bring it, and we always going to bring it. Because if we don't match their attention, we're going to hear a whole lot of them, you know. So we got to always make sure we match their attention and bring it. And it's going to be fun. Uh, if y'all out there and see it, just, just get ready. It's going to be a really fun day. We'll stay on the front row with Brent and then Travis. Hey, Layden, how have things been different under Coach Petrino so far? Um, everything is just everything has just been um, been good. It's going off the same pace as we did last year. We've really uh, emphasized tempo. Um, that's what we're doing. Uh, we really emphasize tempo. Um, everything is smooth. Really don't see much of a difference. Everything is just uh, we just improving on the stuff that we did last year, um, and the stuff that worked. That's what we're doing more of. Are y'all using the same terminology as last year, or there? Um, a little bit. Uh, some of the stuff is changing, you know, uh, and some some of that stuff is always going to change. You know, you got a new coach coming in, and um, that's what you expect. But everything is flowing great. Everything is flowing good. 
We'll stay in the front row one more to Travis. Uh, yeah, hey, Lynn. Uh, I know uh, in spring y'all had, I think, four starters out injured from the offensive line. How do those guys uh, take that next step forward when you miss a spring practice? And, and what gives you the confidence that uh, those guys can, can, can make a progress coming into this fall after missing spring? Uh, with us behind them. That's how I feel like they, they're going to be able to make that progress forward because it's always hard when you miss a spring. It's always hard because you know you're behind. But with our group and how we are behind them, they know if they have any questions, ask us and we'll be there for them. Uh, that's, that's the thing about a team, a brotherhood, or one group. We're going to make sure that you're as strong as your weakest link. So we're going to make sure that we always have that that person ready for anything. So in practice, we're making sure that we own it to the, hey, all right, you did this, but make sure you do this next time. Or just, just little things like that and making sure, like, hey, I know I know what happened. Like, you're behind right now, but we're going to get you up to speed. You just got to trust the process and trust the coaching, and you're going to get there. And just work on it and work on it outside of just the uh, stuff we got going on here. Like, make sure you're looking at your film at home. If you have to, when you get home, make sure you, like, re-go through the steps in your head or you can just step in your living room or something. Just do something extra. Um, that's the stuff that's going to help you move forward in that situation because everybody else could help you, but you got to want to help yourself in that situation too as well. Have you seen guys doing that? Like, uh, I have. I have. We've been doing it too. As our group on our own, we've been making sure we've been going through uh, plays, installing them, making sure we've even got in there, got on the board a little bit as just an O-line in general, making sure that we know what we're doing. We'll go back behind the lights on the far right and then to Cease. Hey, Layden, back here. Uh, Jimbo talked this offseason about a clean pocket for the quarterback, whoever it is back there. A lot of times last year, you know, it may not have been a sack, but a lot of pressure in his face. What do you guys need to do to, to make that happen? We just got to make sure we stick to our technique and, um, and trust in our sets and make sure that we trust in our punch and use our hands. Um, that just comes with confidence and making sure that you uh, practice that over time. Practice makes perfect, you know, or at least you're trying to be perfect. Um, so um, just being confident in your sets and also just, just making sure you put yourself in the right position to be successful with your angles because that's very important too as well. Not opening up your hip, not giving up the edge, not setting too far out because they're going to hit you with an inside move and that's the quickest way to the quarterback. So we just got to make sure we put ourselves in great body position and use our hands. That's what I can say about that. In, in general, what needs to happen to make this offense more consistent? Oh, we just got to uh, make sure that we have that chemistry with each other and make sure that we bear down every single play. Um, it, like it starts today. Every every rip is full speed. We have to we have to get that up. That consistency is a very big deal. You don't want to be up and down like a roller coaster. You want to make sure that you have your sets. Everything is quick. Everything is fast. Every single play because you're putting yourself in those situations to when you get tired, it don't matter uh, because you're not you're not changing. They are at the end of the day. That's what the point we got to get to. We'll go second row on the left to Cease and then Nicole. You mentioned about last year being a wake-up call. Why, why wasn't 21 a wake-up call when you guys weren't able to go to a bowl game at the end of the season? Uh, I guess because, you know, that was a whole different group of guys. That was a whole different group of guys. You know, those are those are like the, the old heads, and, and, then they, and then they exited. So it was a whole new team. It was a whole new feeling. It was guys that, you know, that were stars in their high school, that went uh, to big places in their high school. You know, it was the best on their team. You know, people, some people never, they don't know how to react to a situation to where when you come into college and, hey, somebody, every, anybody could beat you on any given day. You know, so it was an adjustment for them. We had to learn the hard way, but thank God we learned it. So let's move on now. Let's move on to bigger and greater things. We'll go fourth row on the right side to wrap things up with Nicole. Hey, Layden. Do you have any pressure knowing that you need to get to maybe 
nine or ten wins, or what expectation are you putting on yourself? Uh, to be honest, as a team, as person, we don't have no pressure at all because we're going to take this season one game at a time. We're not looking. We're not looking ahead. We're going to be where our feet are at. That's just going to be the key success for us this season. We're not overthinking nothing. We focused on New Mexico. That's who we're focused on right now. Uh, that's what we need to be focused on right now. We don't need to be worried about anything else down the line. Um, that's just what's going to help us have that success that we need to have. Just focus on one thing at a time and just make sure that we put ourselves in the right situation to be successful. Interesting end there to the listening with Layden Robinson because you had a great question followed by maybe one of the worst questions because Olin – why weren't the lessons learned in 21? I mean, that was that was phenomenal. That that was actually like journalism right there, as opposed to the yeah, the usual usual. So many questions get asked that will never be answered. So many questions get asked that just have no answer. But that was a great question because the whole thing is, you know, 2022. All we're doing. Uh, you didn't go to a bowl at 2021. You you started the pre year preseason ranked and didn't go. I mean, what happened to the lessons? That was a great question. Why didn't you learn from 2020? Oh, I thought that was brilliant. And then uh, I don't I don't remember who asked it, but the last question was one of those. Oh man, because the question implied. Oh, the reporter stated that they needed to win nine games. And you can't do that when you're talking to a coach or player. Who said they needed to win nine? That statement is off of internet boards and sports talk shows. And you don't, as a reporter, bring that to a media day or players' coaches. Because if Jimbo would have got that, he would have went, who said we needed that? Where'd you get that? I mean, are you saying that? That's what Jimbo would have said. That's what any head coach would have just almost flown off the rails on the need. Who, who did, did Ross Bjork say that? I think Ross Bjork is the only person that could put need as part of the sentence it, it, for us, where we go, well, he needs to win nine because we can't do it ourselves. So it was interesting listening to the end there. I'll be right back. We'll wrap things up. Hour number one. It is, this is the Louis Bellina Show. Live, I'm inside the Charles Schwab studio. Show presented by BB Automotive and Superior Auto Service. That's two remarkable businesses. One amazing family. BB Automotive and Superior Auto Service. 1235. Actually, 1220. Jimbo Fisher's two parts. He had a lot to say yesterday at Aggie Football Fall Camp Media Day. Jimbo Fisher, 1220 Part 1, 1235 Part 2. Rusty Burson, straight up 1 o'clock inside the Charles Schwab studio. And your chances to win a gift card. $50 gift card to Cooper's Old Time Pit Barbecue are all still to come. Speaking of food, I got to share this with you. IHOP is doing a 65th anniversary special. During the month of August, eh, August 27th, they're doing all-you-can-eat pancakes for $5. IHOP, all-you-can-eat buttermilk pancakes for $5 this month, and it's to celebrate their 65th anniversary. They'll bring you two at a time. You crush them, you get two more. I'd be that dude that would get two at a time and be ordering the next two before those two hit the table. 
I would not be sitting there because that's how they get you. If you're waiting 30 minutes in between, you'll just leave out of uh, impatience versus any full or fullness. They're also trying to loop in Kevin Bacon. He's a part of their anniversary because Kevin Bacon just turned 65 also. If you had all you can eat bacon for five bucks, the IHOP would go out of business before the month was over. If you had all you can eat bacon. Did you know? Da 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 da. The first IHOP opened in LA on July 7th, 1958. First IHOP opened in LA, July 7th, 1958. Kevin Bacon was born a day later in Philadelphia. On July 8th, what Kevin Bacon's going to do is he is going to post all month long, you know, about IHOP on a social media part of their 65th and his 65th anniversary. You do all you can eat bacon. Yes, please. Bacon. I've had so many people tell me how to cook bacon. I've had so many different types of bacon. And bacon's just one of those universal truths where it doesn't matter It's just, it's undefeated. Bacon is undefeated. Alabama can't beat bacon. Tom Brady's Patriots couldn't beat bacon. The 49ers of the 90s, right, could not beat bacon. Even the Pittsburgh Steelers, Steel Curtain, couldn't beat bacon. Now, before we step aside, you could text me at 979-693-693. 1150 the texas mobile and lube express inbox is open and i got a couple from jw and sean we'll hit those up it's lunchtime now on the louis bolina show lunchtime thank you rudy's barbecue